You're listening to How She Creates. I'm your host, Lauren Hooper. This podcast is for the curious, the wanderer and the wanderers, the playful and the joyful. Every week, we're going to explore how to design a life full of creativity and whimsy. Now let's get curious and go explore something. friend just popping in at the top of this episode with a quick note for you to let you know that the next radiant art retreat is going to be launching very very soon and if you would like all of the details and the behind the scenes and to know who our incredible guest artist is going to be um, and to be the first in line to get your spot please sign up at the link below um, or you can go to lauren-likes.com retreat and you will find all of the information there uh, and I'll be back in a few weeks to tell you everything about it but if you want to be the first to know that is the best place to sign up to get the information uh, so if you're looking for a little creative adventure to have this fall in October I can tell you it's going to be a good one and we would love to have you join us. So now let's jump in to today's interview. Welcome back to How She Creates. I am really excited for my guests today. They're my good friends who, have you guys been on the podcast before? No, I'm not really sure. No, I mean, I was like way back in the day. Yeah. How okay. She creates. Okay. So yeah, it's been a long time, um, but we've just done so many things together. I feel like feel like you've been here before. Um, so my friends who are sisters, Katie and Taylor um, from Studio Sisters are on today and we are going to talk about hobbies versus businesses because as creative people, we definitely get a little bogged down in the idea of sometimes like, oh, I could turn my hobby into a business, but is it a good idea? Uh, or should I make everything I have a hobby a business? And so they're going to like, they are my Etsy expert friends. And so they're going to help us figure out what should be a hobby and what should be a business so that you can craft without guilt. Um, so welcome. Thank you guys for being here. Do you want to do a quick little intro to who each of you are? Yeah, Taylor, why don't you start? Okay, thanks for the intro, Katie. <laughs> uh, hi, guys. I'm so excited to be here. Um, I'm Taylor, older sister, uh, coffee drinker, and two crime podcast obsessed so if you're ever like if you're the kind of crafter that listens to people get murdered and people solve the crimes i'm your best friend um i'm also a business manager i run all the business side of our business on etsy and i'll give it back to you katie <laughs> okay i'm the younger sister by two years i'm katie and i'm the artist of the two of us so i love like everything creative like you name it I love it and yeah so in our Etsy shop I design all of our products and I do my own painting and stuff on the side too so basically if it's creative that's where I am yeah and so okay so Katie and I met years and years ago online um through my old business get messy so Katie was one of our artists who we worked with and then when I was leaving to start Radiant Art Retreats she was like hey I want you to meet my sister Taylor who now has a retreat business. And uh, so now I run Radiant Art Retreats at Taylor's beautiful lake house um, in Florala. So that's kind of like all of our connection, how we've known each other. It's been a long time. Katie, I don't even remember how I initially met you because it's just been so long. Yeah, I think I think it was just like through Get Messy, like in the very first year, but that's been like, I don't know, eight years ago. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the podcast is six years old, so... 
it's been longer than that then for sure. Yeah. Um, that's crazy. But anyway, so I'm so excited to talk to you guys because I've learned so much from you about running my own Etsy shop and um, creative business and also supporting your own hobbies. And so I'm really excited for you guys to kind of share a little bit about that. Would you guys share with me your creative stories, kind of what types of things you both like to create and how you found those? Well, I'm Katie and I am, I have always done like a little bit of everything creative. I started out as a scrapbooker and then like a DIY blogger. So I've sort of gone through all of my different styles, but at the moment, my specific art form that I just really love is sketching and painting and oil painting and just anything mixed media or like getting inspired by nature and turning that into art. And um, I would say that I actually have always struggled with the idea that I have a creative story. So maybe that resonates with some of your listeners, but I was a teacher and I like spent my whole life in adult life in education, like seven years of college and graduate school, and then going straight into teaching and teaching for seven years. And that was fulfilling, but draining. And I constantly struggled with this idea of like, oh, I'm not an artist like my sister. I'm not one of those creative people scrapbooking something I did a really long time ago. Um, so it took me a long time to say, no, no, wait a second. Running businesses is creative. And then I also tried to really identify what are my other creative passions and creative hobbies. And I love cooking. I'm I cook from home. Like I never buy anything in a box. Everything I eat is cooked at home just because I truly love it. That's a chore for some people. It energizes me every single day. And like you, Lauren, I dabble in a little bit of tapestry weaving, but I really have to be careful with myself because I always say that my toxic trait is starting businesses. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a perfect way to talk about hobby versus business today because I think a lot of people feel the same way and they think about things in the same way. Like, I like this. Maybe I should monetize it. But you shouldn't always. And I know we're going to get into that later in the podcast. Yeah, that, yeah, it's perfect. And I'm so glad to have you both on because I do see you both as extremely creative people, you know, with everything that you create and do tailor, you know, as I see your hobbies of, like you said, like weaving and, you know, decorating your new home and things like that and decorating the, um, the retreat house and making sure that's really beautiful. And then all the things that you create to promote your business. Um, and so I think sometimes we forget we do so much creative things and, you know, teachers are so creative um, and everything that you have to do all day, every day. So I'd love to see um, the two sides of you guys, you know, who, when, you know, Taylor's like, I'm business and Katie's I'm art, but really I see it blending so well together. Um, so let's play a game. So I'm going to name a bunch of my hobbies, random hobbies. And I want you guys just to shout out if you think it should be a business or a hobby. And we'll see if we can create me a business plan. Oh, okay. I love this. And this it's going to be really interesting to see if Katie and I agree. <laughs> we have the same take. Okay. Hiking. Mm, hobby. Hobby. Uh, painting my nails. Hobby. Biz, like nail art. Business. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, camping. Like out RVing, outdoor travel, that kind of stuff. That oh, that's hard. a hard one. Hobby. I'm... I almost want to say business because I love like travel Instagram accounts. Yeah, it's possible. Can we have a third category? Can we have possible business? <laughs> yeah. 
Um, okay, but would it be business or just an Instagram account? How would I make you know, you know so do you see like the issue here of like yeah. you just want to see pretty pictures of travel or do you actually want to buy something from me? Oh no, there's so much there's so many ways you can monetize that. So mm-hmm. many. Like if affiliate income, there's sponsored posts, there are courses. You could be teaching people how teaching women how to go hiking and camping. So many business ideas there. I'm gonna say business. Oh, See, it's so hard. There's so many. Like, you could go either way with both of them. Um, okay, uh, painting. Business. Hobby. <laughs> uh, plants. All my plants. Hobby. Hobby. Um, making and reposting memes. Hobby. Hobby. <laughs> uh, clay jewelry. Business. Business. Uh, weaving. Business. Um... Katie, do you have a different answer? <laughs> no, it could go either way, really. Yeah. Uh, home decorating. Hobby. Hobby. Uh, reading. Hobby. Probably hobby. <laughs> <laughs> um, Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. So, okay, that'll be enough. This is so, that was so fun. And you see, like, yeah, it's so confusing, you know, because it's all could be monetized but should it be monetized yeah i think the thing is like any of those could definitely become a business but you don't want to turn every aspect of your life into a business you have to keep some it's just creative fun things so okay so how do you know when you guys are looking at you know should this be a hobby should this be a business how are you determining it and tell us a a few of your uh like your where you draw the line like show tell us some of your hobbies versus what's your business? That is a little bit of a toughie. I think for me personally, like, so my biggest passion, I think, is probably painting. And that is a business for me. So like, I think why I've turned it into a business is because it's something that I love doing so much that I want to do it, like, all the time. So if I can turn that into my job and make money while doing something that I absolutely love, that is something like for me, that's like the best business I could possibly have. Whereas a hobby for me, I guess I'll just name one because I have many, would be like crocheting. I really enjoy doing it. It's very relaxing for me, but I don't think I would enjoy monetizing that. Like I wouldn't enjoy doing it for other people. So that is just primarily just a hobby. The way that I like to think about it is this. Hobbies are things you do for the joy of just learning them, right? You mm-hmm. Things that you would finish the sentence, I've always been interested in X. If that sentence goes together, I've always been interested in painting, I've always wanted to learn how to crochet. That's a hobby. Businesses are outcome-driven. So while Katie said, I love painting and I want to do it all the time, so I had to figure out a way to make painting what I do for work. That was her outcome that drove that from hobby, something she loves, to business. She doesn't want to work a day job. So the outcome is painting has to be that source of income. So that's how I would divide it up. Hobby is just joy of learning. Not just. That's very significant. Hobby is joy of learning. Business is outcome driven. Oh, I love that that definition. And so how do you know? So let's say, okay, I've been working on this hobby uh, you know, I've been weaving for a while now. How do I know when it's time to go from hobby to business? 
Okay, so um, the idea of monetizing, you're thinking about maybe I should start selling these things that I really like making, whether that's paintings or jewelry or pot holders or mugs or literally anything. Um, the reason that you decide to monetize, first of all, should never be because other people say you should sell this. So before mm -hmm. we even get into how can we decide, can we talk about that for a second? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Both of you are artists. Have you heard people say that before? Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, just, just like, you know, what you guys were saying, like, oh, you should monetize your travel stuff. Like, I don't want to. I just want to travel and just not post if I don't feel like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So don't feel like you have to do it just because people are wowed by you, what you do or because they think it's a good idea. That's definitely not a reason to monetize. But if you're thinking about taking something to the business level, I guess the number one piece of advice I would give is, are you willing to put in the time and work to learn that thing? as a business, because it's not the same thing as learning the creation. It's definitely not. There's some overlap, right? We talk about being creative with problem solving and creating social media content, but it truly is different. You go from spending 100% of your allotted time, let's say you have four hours a day or four hours a week to work in your creative hobby, on just creating when it's a hobby. When you switch to a business, 60% of your time approximately is going to be switched to marketing and admin and behind the scenes. So really it's, are you willing to put in, to change up your time into things that you don't like doing necessarily? Like Katie was saying she was willing to make painting her full-time job. So she learns those extra things. But you said when it comes to traveling, you have no desire to do that. You just want to do it for fun. So that's the question for me is like, are you willing to make that extra step for the extra work? Uh, yeah, that's such a good um, – I love that you gave those numbers of like the 60-40 split. And I also think you have to think like, okay, so I turned weaving into a job and I have to now make weavings that I would never make for myself. People give me color schemes that I'm like, I don't like this. This does not go well together, but it matches their house, their style, what they like, what they want. And so I have to do that. And so I always think about that too in the delineation of hobby or business. Are you willing to make something you're not super happy about and make it on a deadline um, for someone else versus when it's just a hobby, you can do literally whatever you want, whenever you want. What advice would you give to someone who wants to have a creative business from their hobby, but they're not really sure if they are quite that like business level into it? What's a like trial, a test that they can do to find out if it's worth it for them? Um, okay. So I would say two pieces of advice. And one of them you actually just mentioned, Lauren, and that was like making stuff for other people. So that's the first test. Do you have a target customer in mind? Because when you're making something for hobby, you're just making it for you, or maybe you're gifting to other people. So it's just like one person, it's probably you who finds the joy in it. But when you want to sell something, you now need a target customer. You can't sell creative things to everyone. If you try to sell to everyone, you're going to sell to literally no one. So you have to have a target customer. And like you said, especially when it comes to commission work or personalized work, Katie knows this too in paintings, like you're going to paint things that 
are really not like your the love of your life, the thing that you love. So that would mm-hmm. be the first one is, can you come up with a target customer? Because if you can't come up with a customer who would be the kind of person you would sell things to, whether that's um, people who are buying custom wedding portraits as gifts for the couple they know that's getting married. So your target customer is wedding guests or wedding families who are buying custom portraits. Uh, Or people who need art for their office or for their nursery. That would be a target customer. You got to get clear on that. And then the second thing, I love that you said trial run. Because what I would say is if you're not sure, take your next creative time or day and have a mock day as a life of a business owner. So, you know, block out 40% of your time is for creating. And then from that, you move on to shipping and packaging and writing product descriptions and writing social media captions. And if you don't have a business to post this stuff to yet, and you're like, but I'm not actually shipping something. I didn't make any sales, right? Then just spend that time reading and learning about each of those tasks, not one of them, right? Because business owners don't just do one thing. They have so many hats. Instead, literally take half an hour of your day to research shipping and then half an hour of your day to research social media or Etsy SEO and keywords and things like that. So you really start to understand the full scope because I think that most business owners jump in without realizing how many parts there are. And that's normal and that's okay. But if you can really try to get informed before you decide whether or not a business is for you, I think that's the best possible thing. And if one day of that didn't convince you enough, like either way, then maybe do it for a whole week and have a week as a business owner and see how it goes. That is such good advice because... Yeah, okay, so Terrell, my husband and I had this conversation last night. I used to work at this high school, and a lot of the boys thought that they were going to go from high school to the NFL, and they were not. You know, as adults, we could all be like, that is not an option. Um, but they thought they didn't need school because they were going to like cross over that and be that one hit wonder that gets picked for the NFL and just has this great career. And I think social media is doing the same thing is that people see people blowing up on Instagram and TikTok and they're like, oh, all I have to do is like film a cool reel and then my business will blow up and then I'll have this business. And it's it's kind of that same thing. Like I'm going to go straight to the NFL and you're like, it's not about the Instagram post going viral. It's like you said, it's about learning how to ship product. Um, you know, and figuring out the right kitchen scale that you need to like weigh your product to get your like shipping right. And um, it, it definitely like is sensationalized now how people have these great businesses and they blow up. And I love that you are giving such tactical advice of like, are you willing to do all of those things? You know, because it does, it will suck the joy out of your hobby so quickly if now this is how you have to do it. And I used to have an Etsy shop like 10 years ago and I sold pillow covers because I've made myself one. And so I was like, oh, I could list this on Etsy. And so I started getting orders and literally it would be 2 a.m. the night before it was supposed to ship out and I would be up begrudgingly sewing these pillow covers. And I was like, clearly this is not the job for me because it's like, taken the joy out of even the creation process more or less all the other like shipping and customer service part was obviously also awful and so 
it was very clear. And so I love that you gave that advice of like thinking through all of those things and not seeing the sensational, like I'm going to hit a reel that goes viral and be so successful. Yeah, I think that it's so easy to just gloss over it. But I promise you, if you just give yourself a day in the life or a week in the life, you're going to figure out very quickly if that is horrible to you or if it lights you up and you're like, oh my God, I'm on a high of marketing, which is what happened to me. (laughs) But it's not going to be the same for everyone. And I don't think it's the same for every product. So you might Mm. try one thing and hate selling it. But you try the next thing and you're like, oh, I actually really like this. It makes sense to me. But you're not going to know that until you try. Just add one more like sort of perspective on there. You don't have to love like all of the business stuff. Like if that's not you, but if it's worth it to you, I think like for me personally, I don't love the SEO. I don't love all of the business stuff of packing and shipping, but it's worth it for me to have the business of like making my art, designing stickers and all of that, that, that I get to do it every day. And that's why you make Taylor do all that stuff. <laughs> that too. <laughs> so yeah. moral of the story is find a sister. <laughs> Yeah, it, but you know, and that's a great point because now I have my jewelry business and I love it. I love packing orders. Um, I don't love doing the inventory because it's so tedious, but you know, once a month I sit down and do it and it's fine um, and it, it's worth it, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it is t- such a mindset shift from, I was making those pillow covers for me only. I just wanted to make them for me. And then once I was done with it, I wanted to move on. But now I love making jewelry for other people making things that I know other people will like, color schemes other people will wear. Like I love seeing my products live a life out in the world with someone else. And that is the difference. You know, that's how I know sewing is definitely a hobby for me and jewelry is a great business for me. Um, so how do you guys balance creating for fun versus creating for business? Katie, I guess that's a good question for you. <laughs> that is a me question. Um, personally, I have one day a week, like every Friday. It's just my, I get to create whatever I want day. So that's how I do it is like Monday through Thursday. I work on any like cutting stickers, creating the products for our own business. But then on Fridays, I tell Taylor, like, this is my day. We're not doing business stuff. I am going to like create whatever I want, like. I'm doing my hobbies or I'm doing paintings that may end up being products, but that's not why I'm creating them. Like I'm creating them just because I love to paint. It's like, I guess it's my hobby. It's what I do. Oh, I love that, that you take a really like protected time. I have to, because otherwise like I won't get around to doing it. Like I'll just do a business thing or just do something else. Like I have to put aside that time or I'm not going to do it. Yeah. And, and the mindset shift too, of like, this is just for me, it might become a product, but it doesn't have to. Mm-hmm. That is such a big one because I definitely find myself sitting down only to create what I know I can sell mm-hmm. versus the experiment. And how do you balance the experimentation mindset of like, I might do this and it's going to be awful. It might not work at all. And it's wasted time. I think it's just like, it's an experiment. Like if it 
failed is not wasted time because you learned like you don't like doing that thing or you learned a different way to do it. Like I don't consider it wasted time at all. If you're creating, if for me, it's the process, not the finished piece. It's the same thing in business too. Like you can do something and say, I'm going to try this. And if you have an outcome of success or failure, you're going to either be a success or a failure. But when it comes to a new product or new branding or new collection or whatever, instead, if you take it on a very small scale in your business and you say, the outcome is hypothesis testing. I'm only experimenting. Like the outcome is not success or failure. It's did this work? Did it not work? How do I need to change it? That really helps you feel a lot more balanced and relaxed in terms of um, being able to just disconnect yourself personally from what you sell. And maybe it's the same thing with creating. If you only have a limited time for creating and you go into it of, I have to make this beautiful on the first try, you're going to feel awful and terrified and, you know, all those kind of gross feelings of forcing that pressure on yourself. Yeah, that's a really great point. And and so what would you tell people who are struggling with time and they're like, I have this hobby, I want it to be a business, but I only have so much time. And then I get stuck in that, like everything has to go right the first time. Um, what would you recommend to them? Well, first, like definitely set aside time for just the creating part. Like don't just let that get on the, get bypassed because that's very important is if you get so caught up in all the businessy stuff, like you're going to lose your joy of creating. So you definitely need to set aside that time where it is either creating product or creating just for fun, either one. And just, I don't know how to explain it, but just don't get too caught up in the, this has to turn out perfect. So if it doesn't work, just start over like the next day. It's fine. It's not the end of the world. And not all of our products have sold. Like, I will say that. I think that's important to hear. We're ranked in the top 1% of Etsy sellers worldwide. And we have products where we thought it was going to be great. (laughs) And we only sold like one or two of those. Whereas something else you thought was not going to be your bestseller really took off. So be open. I think don't put too much pressure on yourself. Be open to things playing out slightly differently than you imagined. And then another thing, when you're thinking about that transition from hobby to business is creators get really, really excited about buying stuff. They get so excited about upgrading their equipment, ordering a ton of new supplies. It's like a high, right? And I love telling people, be really slow to buy equipment and stock. Make that the very last thing you do instead of the first thing you do. Don't start your business with your wallet. Instead, just research, research, research. There is so much you could learn and have a clearer idea of what you want to do by finding competitors and seeing what they do, what works for them, how they run their businesses, to taking online courses, to identifying what your own strengths and weaknesses are. Maybe you're great at your own photography, or you have an awesome social media account, but you don't know anything about pricing or SEO. So identify all those things first and really think about your own creative style and how you want this business to fit into your life. 
before you go out and like start buying stuff. That can come at the very end. I love that you just said, don't start your business with your wallet. That is such good advice. And, and, you know, and I'll share two, two ways that I get hung up and I see other people getting really hung up is one, the endless research, you know, oh, I'm just going to learn about business forever. And you stop making stuff, you know, and it's all about, like we said, the experimentation, just sharing it, seeing what people respond to, um, and not getting so hung up on like, oh, I'll start this business when I have you know, a whole website and a whole, you know, thing of inventory and this and that and, you know, and all of these things um, is, you know, just to start focus on the making, you know, and make your thing really great. Um, And also, you know, like Katie was saying, you know, is getting really stuck in that mindset of like, oh, it has to go right. I only have such limited Mm -hmm. time, you know, and kind of being like a parent to your hobby, to your business and being like, Hey, I'm going to protect you and protect this time. And if I only have four hours a week to give to this, then I'm not going to expect it to be six figure business immediately. You know, I'm just going to spend this week just making. And then next week, I can do learn and work on some of the business stuff, you know, and really like protecting that time um, for the creation and letting some of that. Um, pressure off because I think that is one of the biggest things that I see people do and that I know I struggle with is when you want to go from a hobby to a business it becomes all this pressure on your creativity and your art or whatever it is that you're making and then it that's when it becomes not fun anymore and so by protecting that creative time you know that's going to set your business up for the first step of success Um, do you guys have any um, hobbies that you completely protect and you don't let become business or part of your business? Yeah, I'll share mine and then I can let Katie share because Katie is a hobby queen. She has so many. (laughs) Um, Okay. I love this question so, so much. So my hobbies that I protect that I will never, I promised myself I will never monetize. Um, Tapestry weaving. I love the imperfections in my weavings. It's something I don't spend a lot of time on. If I dedicated a ton of time, I could probably improve faster, but I don't want to. This is my, I want a glass of wine and a true crime podcast. And I want to weave in my office by myself. And it's okay that it's not perfectly straight, perfectly even every time. And so I don't post it either. I don't share it because if I share it, then I feel like I need that validation I'm looking for that from other people if I'm posting it on social media. So I just don't allow myself to do that. It's like strictly protected. Cooking's the same way. And then paddleboarding, I do post about, but I obviously never intend to monetize paddleboarding. But it's my time away from my phone and I go outside and I just love that. So I think whatever your things are, right, you have to be super protective of those. Uh, Katie, I'll let you talk about yours. Okay, so Taylor's toxic trait is like creating businesses, but <laughs> mine, I guess, is like trying absolutely anything creative and just like enjoying it. There's sort of a joke in our family, like people ask me, is there anything you don't do? And one of those things is knitting. I've never tried knitting, but that's sort of the joke because like any other creative thing, like I've probably tried it. <laughs> 
Um, but as far as like actual hobbies that I try to like not turn into businesses, that would be like my photography. I really love taking pictures of nature and animals, like when I'm out hiking and everything. But those are just for me. Like I don't try to like sell those photographs or anything. And I guess other hobbies would be like I do applique with wool felt, but you'll never find that on my Instagram. Like probably no one knows that I do that. No, I didn't know. Yeah. Or basket weaving. Basket weaving. I don't weaving. think you've ever posted that on Instagram. Wow. Yeah. I weave pine needle baskets once in a while and it's really fun and relaxing, but it's not something that I try to monetize because I just, I enjoy doing it for myself and I have no desire to make anyone else a basket. <laughs> oh, that's such a good point. Okay. And Katie, here's a perfect example. So you just got back from Colorado and you posted that you painted one of your like, uh, you're like classic girls that you paint a lot onto a bug. I'm assuming that you hand through. Did you yes, also? I did. Through it. Um, and immediately I was like, I want one of those. I, but I am sure you are not selling that. You are not making this for people. Definitely not that first one. And I don't actually have a potter wheel myself. So this is not something that I'm like doing regularly. But I can see myself in the future getting more and more into pottery and maybe mixing that in with my paintings because I paint and I could paint on the pottery so they could go really well together. But oh. as of right now, no, I don't have any like very current plans to sell pottery. Interesting. Cause I, as soon as I saw that, I was like, people are going to freak out about this. They're going to want one of these. They're going to want her to do these. Like you said, I know you don't have a pottery wheel. So I was like, I don't know that this will be a thing for her. Um, and so this is like a good example of what you were saying, you know, is don't let people say, oh, you should sell that be mm -hmm. your determining factor. But I love that you're thinking that maybe one day in the future, it could be something that you do. Yeah, it's something that like, I really, really enjoyed. And I could actually see myself making those for other people and like combining them with my paintings and sort of the same feeling of like, nature inspired. Whereas like, my felt applique, that doesn't necessarily like go with what I sell because I applique like little strawberries or just cutesy things. And it's not the same passion and style that I have for painting and illustrating. So the applique is not something I want to really sell for other people. Oh, interesting. I love that you are aware of that and like denoting it that this is not something I want to do and doesn't fit. So how would you, okay, so let's take this from the opposite perspective. How would you tell someone or know in your own life, and maybe you had to do this, you had something in your business that you were like, you know what, this just needs to go back to being a hobby. Have you guys had to take anything out of your business? Hmm, that's a good question. Well, I mean, I guess one example would be I used to have like, I still sort of have the blog, but I never do anything with it is a like DIY and art journaling blog that I did use to monetize. Like I would get sponsorships and get sent a lot of product to do like home DIYs or crafty DIYs. But I kind of got tired of like having that as the main part of my business, like teaching tutorials with products. Like I just sort of got tired of having that as the business. So I sort of stepped back from the blog and started working more on creating products with my paintings and our stickers. So I guess that's sort of a switch example. 
Yeah. I mean, and I have the exact same example. You know, when I left my art journaling business, mm-hmm. you know, I loved art journaling. So then it became a business. And then I was like, you know, I think I would rather have this be a hobby and not the only thing that I do as a job. Um, and, you know, I'm really grateful for that transition that I made into it and then back out of it. Uh, but yeah, it's a hard decision to make, you know. Yeah. And I still do art journaling. I still do crafts like resin and like applique, but I don't post about them anymore. They're just for me. Yeah. So how, how would you, what would you advise someone if they were feeling uncomfortable? Um, but they're, this is their business, you know, they're making money from it. What would you, how would you tell them to kind of scale that back or how to know when it's time to do it? So just think about like your personality, like Taylor's much more extroverted, whereas I'm introverted. I'm a little bit of a rebel, I guess. I don't love like doing everything the way everyone else does it. So think about like how running a business can be easier for you, like how it fits into your lifestyle and like what you need to do more of or what you don't want to do more of. Would you add anything to that? I would also say like, okay, do you see yourself doing this in three years or five years? And if the answer is yes, like, Yes, it's still a very valuable part of my business. I'm just not currently feeling it at this moment. Then the answer might be keep doing it, but add something new to like re-energize, right? Change something up that you have control over, but keep going with that sustainable income stream. If the answer is no, I don't see myself doing selling stickers or making jewelry in three years or five years, then you need to begin a gradual pivot, not an immediate sharp right turn, but you need to begin a gradual pivot. And so you dedicate just an hour a week to researching new products or sketching things out in your journal that you are dreaming about in the background that you would make and sell. Or um, starting to poll your audience, ask questions from the people who follow you on social media. What do they like? What do they wish they could find? What are their current struggles? Brainstorming, those kind of things. If you could, if you're struggling to give up something that's making money, but you no longer see yourself doing it in the future, just start with one hour a week of thinking about change and begin a gradual pivot towards something else. Yeah, that's such good advice. And, you know, and I can give my own example, too, because I've done this multiple times, you know, when I was a social worker, and then I left to be an artist. And then when I was running the art journaling business, and left to do retreats, I found that when I was doing my social work job, I was thinking about art all the time. And when I was doing art, I was not thinking about social work, you know, and then when I was doing the art journaling, I was thinking about, I'd like to travel, I would like to be making stuff with people, I would like to be, you know, hang like, more in community and more in groups and, you know, in real life. And, you know, and so it just became this thing that was just more on my mind than what I was currently supposed to be doing. And so that was, you know, a key indicator for me that I needed to start exploring these new things, see like, is this where I'm supposed to be moving towards? Um, And, you know, slowly transitioning out of that and into the new thing um, that, such good advice. Okay. So let's say someone has listened to us talk about, you know, the woes and the great parts of creative hobby businesses. 
what is the first step that someone needs to take if they are like, yes, okay, I'm willing to do all that. I'm still excited about it. You know, I've got this idea. I'm, I'm ready to go. What would their first step be? Find someone who's doing the thing that you dream of doing and maybe find more than one someone and you go learn from them. And that might be taking their course directly. It might be just analyzing what do you love about them, how they maybe you can find an interview with them where they shared their business story, but start to seek out the people who are where you want to be and start watching what they're doing and learning from them. I think that would be my first piece of advice because you said the research can get overwhelming. There's so many different things out there. So just start with maybe one or two or three people of businesses that you are like, this is where I want to be. Well, what else would you add to that, Katie? I think a lot of people definitely get overwhelmed in like the, I can't start until it's perfect or until Mm -hmm. it's ready. So start super small, like post a sneak peek picture or reel on your Instagram, like either of what you're planning to sell or just like a tiny little caption that says like you're thinking about turning this into a business or whatever, but just start like super small. Don't get so wrapped up in perfection that you never actually start it. That is such, such good advice. And Taylor, I love what you were saying. You know, I, I don't know if I read this somewhere years ago, you know, but people who share online are essentially giving you everything that you need. You know, they're giving you their roadmap. They're showing you exactly what they're doing. You know, if you are just willing to listen, like you can choose any mentor that you want and they don't even have to know you exist. You can read their books, listen to their podcast, you know, break down every Instagram post they do and say, why did they post it like this? What did they post? What was the reaction? What did they do? How did they do that? Um, And I think that's a big one too, is also remembering that about people is that you can learn from them without having to directly ask them things or ask them to mentor you, especially for free. Like, yeah, poor artist, we are doing everything that we can trying to, you know, keep it afloat. So asking an artist to, you know, mentor you for free and tell you all of their secrets is not super polite. Um, But you can literally go on my Instagram page and see everything that I'm doing. Look at my website, listen to my podcast, all that kind of stuff and figure out exactly what I'm doing and how I'm doing it. Uh, without ever having to know me or know, you know, any of these famous people. And so I love doing that. Um, I definitely have people that I follow and I am a super detective into how they do things um, because I think there's so much to learn in that way. Um, And I will recommend it for you guys. If you want to get started on Etsy, Um, Taylor and Katie have taught me everything I know. They are so, so helpful. They have a class. It's called Dream Create Sell. um, And it is a incredibly in-depth course on how to set up and how to start your Etsy and then how to make it super, super successful, plus a ton of other resources. Um, and you can see the class if you just go to the show notes, if you just like scroll up, I'll have a link there. Um, but what is your website and everything that people can find all of your stuff at if they just want to go to it really quickly? That would be shopstudiosisters.com. That's our website. You can find all of our courses, our podcast and blog and everything there. And if you want to follow us on Instagram, it's just at Shop Studio Sisters. Yes. Oh, I love your podcast. I always tell people, um, you know, I meet a lot of other artists at markets and they're like, oh, I don't know how to get started with Etsy. It's just so much, you know, or my Etsy doesn't really do well. And I'm like, start listening to the Studio Sisters podcast. It is 
so helpful. And then when you're ready, you can take their class. Oh, thanks so much for saying that. I think it's like, um, I mean, obviously we help Etsy sellers grow their business, but besides the course and our podcast is out there for free, it's got a ton of resources. It's just important to know if you are thinking about monetizing your hobby and turning it into a business, just know like when you look at other people who are doing that, you're like, wow, that's amazing. I wish I could be like them. Or it seems like impossible to get where they are. Just know that everybody started at zero. Everybody, every one of us who's working part-time or full-time with a successful hobby turned business, like everybody starts at zero. So thanks for sharing about our class, Lauren. Yeah. Yeah. You're so welcome. That's such a good reminder that, you know, it's never too late to start. Like there's a room for you and your art in the art market. And I do want to encourage people if, you know, they want to turn their hobby into a business that like it's totally possible and they should totally try it uh, so tell me what does living a creative lifestyle look like for each of you oh I love that question for me it's just like finding magic in the everyday finding creative inspiration like literally everywhere whether that's you know you're just outside walking through your yard and you see flowers like for me personally I see the sunflowers growing in my yard and just like I am inspired by literally everything around me. So I think that's what the creative lifestyle is for me. How about you, Taylor? For me, it's um, about creating space for you to just learn or play or craft or whatever it is. And you never find time. You only make time. So when you start making that space and making that time, you are going to instantly feel more creative and have that life that you are dreaming of is when you create the time to then let yourself be creative. Oh, love that. Um, tell me what's something you're loving lately. It could be just something you're just really enjoying or a creative resource for you. It could be a book, person, podcast, a thing. Um, well, for me, it's sort of like a website or app. So there is a very famous family of artists that I follow called the Milan Art Institute. I've taken their online courses and they just released a website and app that's actually like a new social media. It's just called MilanArt.com. And it's just a group of artists, mostly mixed media, painting, drawing. So it's mostly in that realm of art, but it's just like they post different art tutorials, just different, like a social media for artists. Oh, interesting. That's cool. That is super cool. Yeah, I'll have a link to that. I'll find it and I'll put a link to it in the show notes. What about you, Taylor? Um, right now, what I'm loving and that's making me feel creative is it's summer. I'm out at the beach on my <laughs> paddleboard. It's Florida. Like you can't not love Florida. So I go out there. I listen to my podcast while I'm laying on the beach or while I'm on my board. And I just feel re-energized and like excited to come back and work in my business, um, after I'm out in the sunshine. Oh, I'm so jealous. I can't wait for a summer adventure. So tell me, so this podcast comes out in, uh, kind of mid to late July. So tell me kind of what you guys are working on now and what we can look forward to for the fall. So we've been working on like changing up our photography for our own stickers and stuff. So we're actually working on doing like some mock-ups for our stickers, which I think is pretty fun. That's cool. 
Yeah. And then in the fall, right now we're on podcast break because it's summer. Although we have three seasons of episodes if you want to binge them. But when fall comes, we'll have a whole new podcast season and we're going to start interviewing some of our Dream Create Sell students who have their own Etsy shops and talk about what they have learned um, from us and what their Etsy shop journey is. So I'm really excited to like get in and talk to some of the makers on the podcast. So um, as we head into fall, like keep an eye out for that. Oh, that's going to be really fun. I'm, I always love to hear those. Um, Me too. Those interviews. Yeah. And I, I love that. Um, it's like such a good resource because I feel like Etsy has a podcast, but I don't think they do so many like journeys like that. Um, especially with smaller makers, you know, that's always what I'm looking for. Like, you know, I gave the NFL example, you know, earlier, like you see these like huge, huge famous artists and they're doing so well. And I'm like, well, what about the people like me who just like, I just want to sell enough to pay to go on vacation, you know? Um, and I like hearing more of like real people, everyday people who are doing this and who are not super famous. I love hearing their stories. So I'm really excited that you guys are doing that. I know. Me too. I'm so excited about it. Oh, well, thank you guys so much for being here and for sharing your wisdom. And I hope people are really encouraged to either turn their hobby into a business or keep their hobby as a hobby. Um, thank you guys so much for sharing. Thanks thank so you, much, Lauren. Well, we will see you guys next week for another episode of How She Creates. Thank you so much for listening to How She Creates. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to know more about the show, please visit lauren-likes.com slash podcast and be sure to sign up for the newsletter to know when new episodes are out and to stay up to date with all of the crafty creative happenings around here. If you would take a moment to leave a rating and review on iTunes, that would be so helpful to let me know what you thought of the show and share with all your friends on Instagram by tagging me at Lauren Likes blog and using the hashtag howshecreates. Until next week, I hope you get curious and go explore something.